Next Chapter Podcasts. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you love this show, then you're also going to love Lit Society. Lit Society is the weekly book podcast hosted by best friends Carrie and Alexis. Each episode features a different book and includes fiction, nonfiction, romance, and mystery. Enjoy dramatic readings of passages written by legends such as Tolstoy and Toni Morrison, complete with sound effects. Lit Society is hilarious and feels like a night out with friends. Isn't it time you take a break from your routine with a book club that's lit? Subscribe to Lit Society, Books and Drama, wherever you listen to podcasts. Next Chapter Podcasts presents the Play On podcast series, Henry V. Episode 2, Why So Did You? For the best listening experience, be sure to use headphones or earbuds. And don't forget, St. Crispin's Day. Place their casual fashions with suits of armor and trade all thoughts for honor. They sell the pasture now to buy the horse, to follow this exemplar of Christian kings, this English god of speed on winged heels. For now, sits expectation in the air. It holds a sword, hidden from hilt to point with crowns imperial, crowns and coronets promised to Harry and his followers. The French, advised by good intelligence of this most dreadful preparation, shake in their fear, and with base trickery, seek to divert the English purposes. Oh, England, model of inward greatness, like a large heart within a little body. What mighty acts of honor could you do if all your children were loyal and true? But here's your fault. France is in thee found a nest of traitors whose hollow hearts he fills with treacherous bribes. The three corrupted men, one, Richard Earl of Cambridge, the second, Henry, Lord Scroop of Masham, and the third, Sir Thomas Gray, Knight of Northumberland, have, for French money, oh, guilt indeed, confirmed conspiracy with fearful France. If hell and treason hold their promises, then by their hands, this grace of kings will die in Southampton ere he takes ship for France. I beg your patience now as we force our play to accommodate 
such distances. Imagine that the bribes are paid, the traitors are agreed, the king is set from London, and the scene is now transported, gentles, to Southampton. There is the playhouse now. There must you sit. And thence to France shall we convey you safe and bring you back, charming the narrow seas, to give you gentle pass. For we will not have you seasick from the waves of our play. So, to Southampton we will shift our scene. But not until the king comes forth again. Well met, Corporal Nim. Good morrow, Lieutenant Bardolph. What, are you and Ensign Pistol yet friends again? For my part, I care not. I say little. But when the time requires, I can be cordial. It is what it is. I dare not fight, but I keep my sword beside me all the same. It's a simple one. But what though? It will toast cheese. And it will endure cold as any man's sword. That's the end of it. I will buy you both a breakfast to make you friends. And we'll be all three sworn brothers off to France. Let it be so, good Corporal Nim. Faith, I will live as long as I'll live. That's the certain of it. When I cannot live any longer, I'll do something else. That's the rest. That is the rendezvous of it. It is certain, Corporal, that he has married Nell quickly, and certainly she did you wrong. Oh, God. For you were engaged to her. I cannot tell. Things must be as they may. Men may sleep, and they may have their throats about them when they do, and some say knives have sharp edges. <sighs> it must be what it is. My patience is a dying horse, but she will plod yet. There must be an end to it, but I cannot tell. <laughs> Here comes Ensign Pistol and his wife. No. Good, Corporal. Be patient. <laughs> How now, mine host, Pistol? Base tyke, callest thou me host? Now by this hand, I swear, I scorn the term. My Nell does not keep lodgers. No, tis true, not for long. For we cannot even lodge and board a dozen or fourteen gentle seamstresses, living honestly by the prick of their needles, without our neighbors thinking we keep a bawdy house. (laughs) 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 Oh, good heathens, lady, see how he draws now to a lead to bloody carnal. Good lieutenant, good corporal, offer nothing here. Pish. Pish for thee, Iceland dog, thou prick-eared cur of Iceland. Good Corporal Nim, be honorable. Put up your sword. Will you shog off? We shall fight solo. (gasps) Solo, egregious dog. Uh Oh, viper vile, I'll give you solo in thy most weird face, in thy teeth, in thy throat, in thy hateful lungs, yea, in thy maw, to be sure, and what's worse, within thy nasty mouth. I'll get thee solo in thy bowels, for I can do it. The cock on pistols, pistol is cocked and up. Aye, flashing fire will follow. I am no devil. You cannot exercise me. I've a humor to knock you well witless. If you want to get foul with me, Pistol, I will run you through with my rapier, and by all rights I should. If you should step outside, I'll give your gun a little prick, if I may. That's the spirit of it. Oh, braggart, vile, and damned, furious! Beast, thy grave is open-mouthed, thy sweet death is near. Therefore, X 
exhale. Hear me, hear me what I say. He that strikes the first stroke, I'll run him up to the hilts as I am a soldier. Hmm. Alas, tis an oath of abundant might. Our fury must abate. Thy spirit, Nim, is most tall. Give me thy hand, or in your case, should I say thy front foot? Oh, I will cut thy throat! <laughs> I mean it! One time or other, that is the truth of it! Ah, cut the throat! Aye, couple of gorge! That's the French for it. And so I defy thee again! Oh, hound of Crete, you wish to take my spouse? No. Get you instead to the infirmary. There you'll find that diseased and leprous whore by the name of Doll Tearsheet. She's the one for you. Oh. The former mistress, quickly, is mine. Oh. To have an old. That's that, to be sure. So have at you. Stop. Come on. And you're Pistol! You must come! You hostess now, Sir Falstaff is very sick and needs help to bed. Good Bard, I'll put your face between his sheets and be like a bed warmer. Faith, he's very ill. Away, you rogue. By my troth, he'll be food for crows soon. The king has killed his heart. Good husband, come home presently. Come, how shall I make you two friends? We must go to France together. Why the devil should we keep knives to cut one another's throats? You'll pay me the eight shillings I won of you at betting? On base is the slave that pays. Thou shalt pay it now. That's the humor of it. We shall settle this as men do. Onward! By this sword, he that makes the first thrust, I'll kill him. By this sword, I will. Fair enough. Thine sword is an oath, and oaths must be kept. Corporal Nim, if thou wilt be friends, be friends. And if thou wilt not, why then be enemies with me too? Prithee, put up thy sword. I shall have my eight shillings, I one of you, at betting. I will give thee a noble of six shillings, eight pence, plus a share of liquor likewise, and friendship, and brotherhood. I'll live by Nim, and Nim shall live by me. Is not this just? For I shall set up a supply shop among the troops at camp, and profits will accrue. Give me thy hand. I shall have my noble. In cash, most justly paid. Well, then that's the humor of it. <laughs> As ever you came of women, come in quickly to Sir Falstaff. Oh, poor heart, he is so shaken with a burning quotidian fever that it is most lamentable to behold. Sweet men, come to him. The king has done him bad. That's the even of it. Nim, thou hast spoke the right. His heart is fractured and melancholic. The king is a good king, but it must be as it must. Even a good king must sometimes ride rough. Let us comfort our friend, little lambkins, for we will live. Before God, Uncle Exeter? 
The king is brave to yet walk among these traitors. They shall be apprehended by and by. The king did learn of the ill they intend, by interception which they dream not of. How calm and cool they do bear themselves, as if allegiance sat in their bosoms, crowned with faith and constant loyalty. Yes, but the man that was his longtime friend whom he had gifted with gracious favors, how could he, for a foreign purse, so sell his sovereign's life to death and treachery? Now sits the wind fair, and we will aboard. My lord of Cambridge, and my kind lord of Masham, and you, my gentle knight, give me your thoughts. Do you think the power we bear with us is enough to cut full passage through those armies of France and fulfill the action for which we carefully assembled them? No doubt, my liege, if each man do his best. <laughs> I have no doubt, since we are well assured that we shall not carry a heart aboard that does not beat in rhythm with our own. Nor shall we leave a single heart behind that does not wish for success upon us. Oh, never was a monarch more feared and loved than your majesty. There's not a subject who sits with any heart grief or unease under the sweet shade of your government. True, even those who opposed your father have sweetened their bitterness with honey. Their hearts now serve you with duty and zeal. Well, we therefore have great cause to be thankful, and so we shall endeavor to repay each of our subjects just what they deserve, based on their merit and their worthiness. It's why you are served with such diligence. Your subjects are eager to be worthy of giving constant service to your grace. Hey, we expect no less. <laughs> Uncle Exeter, release the man arrested yesterday who railed against our person. We believe it was excess wine that set him off, so with sober reflection, let's pardon him. <laughs> That's merciful, my lord, but too much so. Let him be punished, for such tolerance could breed more behavior of such a kind. Oh, let us yet be merciful. You may, your highness, and yet punish too. Sir, you show great mercy if you let him live after the taste of much correction. Alas, you have such love and care for me that you look too heavy against this poor wretch. If little faults proceeding but from drink cannot be pardoned, how shall we judge when uh, capital crimes well premeditated appear before us? We'll forgive that man, though Cambridge, Scroop, and Gray in their dear care and tender preservation of our person would have him punished. And now to causes of war. Who are the new commissioners? I won, my lord. Your Highness bade me ask for it today. So did you me, my liege. And I, my royal sovereign. Then mm, Richard, Earl of Cambridge, there is yours. There yours, Lord Scroop of Masham, and Sir Knight Grey of Northumberland, the same as yours. Read them, and know, I know your worthiness. My Lord of Westmoreland and Uncle Exeter, we will aboard tonight. Why, how now, gentlemen? What see you in those papers that you lose so much complexion? <laughs> Look at how they change. Their cheeks are paper. Why, what read you there that has so cowarded and chased your blood out of appearance? I do confess my fault and submit to your highness mercy. To, to which, which we all appeal. appeal. The mercy that did live in us but late by your own counsel is suppressed and killed. You must not dare for shame 
to talk of mercy. See you, my princes and my noble peers, these English monsters. My lord of Cambridge, you know how much we gave favor to him, furnished him with every respect due to his honor, and yet this man has now dared for a few light coins to conspire with France to kill us here in Southampton? To which this knight here, Gray, no less beloved by us than Cambridge is, hath likewise sworn. But, oh, what shall I say to thee, Lord Scroop? You cruel, ungrateful, savage, inhuman creature. You, who bore the key of all my counsels, that knew the very bottom of my soul. If you but wished for any sum of gold, I would have gladly provided you more. How could it be that some foreign agent could inspire from you such betrayal, not just upon my trust, upon my life? It is so strange. Though the truth stands out as clear as black and white, my eye can scarcely see. Treason and murder always plot together like two yoke devils sworn to one purpose. They combine in such a natural course, tis no surprise to see them so entwined. But you, in spite of all sense or reason, have managed to perplex beyond murder, beyond treason. What Cunning fiend it was who could manipulate you to defy all sensibility. Tis a devil so famed throughout hell for his excellence. Other devils that tempt men to treason must do their best to confuse the damned with false pretense of pious motivation or appeals to proper morality. But the devil who played you? Oh, he gave no reason for such betrayal, except perhaps... To reveal who you truly are. Since this demon disgraced you, he could travel the whole world and then back to hell where he could say to the devil himself, I shall never win a soul so easy as I did that Englishman's. Oh, see you how I've become suspicious now of all I've ever given faith. Seems a man true. Why, so did you. Seemed they wise and honest. Why, so did you. Come they of noble blood. Why, so did you. Seemed they well devoted. Why, so did you. Or did they walk humbly, free from gross passion or mirth or anger? Constant in spirit, not erratic in mood, Simple in presentation, perceptive both from an active ear and careful eye, though trusting neither one as absolute. Ah, how devoted did you once seem to me, and so your fall hath left a kind of blot to mark even the best and most noble men with suspicion. I will weep for thee. For this revolt of thine, methinks, is like another fall of man. Their faults are clear. 
Arrest them to the answer of the law, and may God have mercy on their action. I arrest thee of high treason by the name of Richard, Earl of Cambridge. I arrest thee of high treason by the name of Henry, Lord Scroop of Masham. I arrest thee of high treason by the name of Thomas Gray, Knight of Northumberland. God has justly discovered our intent, and I regret my deeds more than my death, which I beseech your highness to forgive, although my body pay the price of it. For me, the gold of France did not seduce, though I do confess it hastened my plans. But God be thanked for this prevention now, which in sufferance I heartily rejoice, beseeching God and you to pardon me. Never did faithful subject more rejoice at the discovery of most dangerous treason than I do at this hour, joy for myself, prevented from this damned enterprise. My fault, but not my body, pardon, Sovereign. God grant you his mercy. Hear your sentence. You have conspired against our royal person joined with a proclaimed enemy and from his coffers received the golden value of our death. For this, you would have sold your king to slaughter, his princes and his peers to servitude, his subjects to oppression and contempt, and his whole kingdom into desolation. Personally, we seek no revenge. But we must preserve our kingdom's safety and you have sought its ruin. So to her laws we do deliver you. Get you therefore hence, poor, miserable wretches, to your death. The taste whereof God of his mercy give you patience to endure and true repentance of all your dread offenses. Bear them hence. Now, lords, for France, the enterprise of which shall be for all our souls like glorious. We doubt not of a fair and lucky war, since God so graciously hath brought to light the dangerous treason lurking in our way to hinder our beginnings. We trust now we shall best any challenge on our way. Then forth, dear countrymen, let us deliver our power straight into the hand of God, who shall carry us in expedition. Boldly to see the signs of war advance. No king of England, if not king of France. Prithee, my sweet pistol, let me go with you as far as Staines. No, for my manly heart doth grieve. Bardolph, be happy. Nim, rouse thy boastful spirit. Boy, bristle thy courage up. For Falstaff, he is dead, and we must mourn him. Mm. I wish I were with him, wheresoe'er he is, either in heaven or in hell. Nay, sure he's not in hell. He's in the Garden of Edith. If any man went to the Garden of Edith, he died as innocent as a babe newly baptized, parting between twelve and one o'clock, just as the ebb tide was returning. For after I saw him fumble with the sheets and play with his flowers, he smiled upon his finger's end, and I knew twas the end, for his nose was as sharp as a pen and a table of green fields. 
How now, Sir John, said I, what man be of good cheer? But he cried out, God, 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 three or four times. Now to comfort him, I bid him not to think of God. I hoped there was no need to trouble himself with any such thoughts yet. So he bade me lay more blankets o'er his feet. I put my hand into the bed and felt them, and they were as cold as any stone. Then I felt to his knees, and they were as cold as any stone. And so upward and upward, every part of him was as cold as any stone. <laughs> they say he did repent his drinking. Aye, that he did. He repented too, his women. Nay, that he did not. Yes, that he did. He said they were devils incarnate. He disliked carnation. T'was a color he'd never abide. He said once the devil would have him for his women. Indeed, he did bedevil women somewhat. But then he was rheumatic and talked of the whore of Babylon. Do you not remember... He once saw a flea land upon Bardolph's nose, and he said it was a black soul burning in hellfire. Well, the wine is gone that maintained that fire. For wine was all I ever received in his service. (laughs) Shall we depart? The king will be gone from Southampton. Come, let's away. My love, give me thy lips. Look after my chattels and my valuables. Let good sense be your guide. The world is pitch and pay. Trust none, for promises are straw. Men's faiths do crumble like wafer cakes. And that which you can hold in your hands, my duck, is the only truth on earth. Therefore, let caution be thy counselor. (coughs) Go wipe your crystal eyes. Yoke fellows in arms, let us to France. Like leeches on a horse, my boys. To suck. To suck upon the very blood to suck. (laughs) But they say blood is an unwholesome food. Kiss her soft mouth and march. Farewell, hostess. Farewell, Bardolph. Farewell, Nim. I cannot kiss. That is the humor of it, but adieu. Keep well this house. Stay safe, I command. Farewell. Adieu. It's not the time for a careful response. Our defense must be royal and mighty. Therefore, the Dukes of Berry and Bretagne, of Brabant and of Orléans shall go forth, and you, Prince Dauphin, with all swift dispatch to fortify in full our towns of war with men of courage and means to defend. For England approaches us ferocious like an ocean storm to suck on our shore. It fits us then to plan with all rigor as we should have done in those darker times when we neglected English armies set upon our fields. My most redoubted father and most rightful King Charles the Beloved, tis proper that we arm against the foe, for no great kingdom should e'er lose its edge, even absent any war or quarrel. 
All our defenses and preparations should be maintained, assembled, and collected. War should be a constant expectation. Therefore, I say, tis proper we go forth to view the sick and feeble parts of France, but let us do it with no show of fear. No, with no more than if we heard England arrived with a merry band of prancers. <laughs> For my good liege, she is so weakly kinged, her army so absurdly commanded by a vain, giddy, shallow, humorous youth, we have naught to fear from. Oh, peace, Prince Dauphin. You are too much mistaken in this king. Question the returning ambassadors on his stately response to their embassy. How well supplied with noble counselors, how measured in expression, and even how terrifying in constant resolve. And you shall find his youthful vanity was but a cloak concealing his wisdom like a scholar in the coat of a fool. Well, tis not so, my lord high constable, but even if it were, tis no matter. In cases of defense, tis best to weigh the enemy more mighty than he seems. We think King Harry strong. Therefore, princes, you must arm yourselves strongly to meet him. <sighs> His ancestors did feast upon our kin. And he is bred out of that bloody strain that hunted us far and wide throughout France. Oh, remember well our enduring shame in the Battle of Crecy, whereupon... All of our princes were taken captive by that dark name, Edward, Black Prince of Wales. While his mountain father on mountain stood up in the air, crowned with the golden sun, smiling to see his son, like a hero, mangle the work of nature and deface all those young men who had been well-crafted by God and French fathers for twenty years. This is a stem of that victorious stock. Let us fear the native might and fate of him. Ambassadors from Harry, King of England, do crave admittance to your majesty. We'll give them present audience. Go and bring them. You see how near their chase becomes now, friends. The Play On podcast series, Henry V, was translated into modern English verse by Lloyd Soh and directed by Krista Williams. The cast is as follows. Bobby Moreno as Henry V. Brad Bellamy as Fluellen. Paco Tolson as Dolphin and others. Nikki Masood as Catherine, Boy and others. Steve Boyer as Pistol. Colleen Wortman as Exeter and others. Jeff Beale as Constable and others. Brittany K. Allen as Gower and others. Andy Lucien as Bardolph and others. Socorro Santiago as Hostess and others. Jordan Barbour as the King of France and others. Lloyd Saw as the Chorus and Williams. Casting by the Telsey Office, Karen Castle, CSA. 
and Ada Karamanian. Voice and text coach, Julie Foe. Episode scripts were adapted and produced by Catherine Eaton. Original music composition, sound design, and mix by Shane Reddick. Sound engineering by Sadaharu Yagi. Mix engineer and dialogue editor, Larry Walsh and Robert McNabb. Podcast mastering by Greg Cortez at New Monkey Studio. Coordinating producer, Transcend Streaming, Kira Bowie and Liana Keyes. Script supervisor, Jordan Moore. Managing producer, Robert Capadona. Executive producer, Michael Goodfriend. The senior manager of business operations and partnerships at Next Chapter Podcasts is Sally Cade Holmes. The play on podcast series Henry V is produced by Next Chapter Podcasts and is made possible by the generous support of the Hits Foundation. Visit ncpodcasts.com for more about the Play on Podcast series. Visit playonshakespeare.org for more about Play on Shakespeare. Hear more about the Play on Shakespeare podcast series by listening to bonus content at ncpodcasts.com, where you'll find interviews with the artists, producers, and engineers who brought it all to life. And don't forget, St. Crispin's Day. Hey, Play On Podcast listeners. I want you to be a part of the cast. Become a supporting cast member with Play On Podcasts for just $5 a month. Get in-depth interviews featuring some of the most brilliant artists working today. I talk to actors, playwrights, directors, and producers from the worlds of theater and Hollywood, pulling back the curtain on why they got into their profession, why these stories are so relevant today and providing context on the process of making these plays in the podcast format. You'll enjoy ad-free episodes of the Play On podcast series, and maybe even a gift or two. Head over to playonpodcasts.com, click Supporting Cast, and join the club today. We so love creating this content for you, and we hope you'll support us so we can bring you inside this rejuvenated, reimagined Shakespearean world. Join the cast, supporting cast. Go to ncpodcasts.com. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Next Chapter Podcasts.